Hi everyone! It's been a bit difficult to coordinate schedules lately, so we're releasing a bonus episode this week and we'll be back with episode 41 next Monday. The following is an interview between yours truly and Professor Van Helsing herself. It's been available on our Patreon for a month and we're only now releasing it to our feed, so if you enjoy bonus content like this, please consider becoming a patron. In addition to early and exclusive content, you will get access to perks ranging from update posts and extended bloopers to a personal shout out in your favorite news project. We're working on making those perks bigger and better, but we need your help to make it happen. We're also going to be hosting a live celebration for Murray Mystery's first anniversary on Saturday the 29th of January at 6pm GMT, featuring a Q&A with the cast and crew and a live reading of an episode of the show. The stream will be open to all, but our patrons will get to vote to decide which episode we're reading. So much power! I hope to see lots of you there, and in the meantime, enjoy the interview! This is Professor Van Helsing, and I am here with the creator of a very popular new podcast, storming across the audio drama scene. It's called Murray Mysteries. And I am here today with Miss May Tudyk, who has kindly agreed to interview with me about all things podcast geek. Hi. Um, are you you sure about this? Absolutely. You need to get observations from across the field in order to build a better product. And you have a very interesting angle that I have not seen very many times before. Miss Tudyk, am I saying that correctly? Yes. You are fluent in French, are you not? Yes, that is, it's my mother tongue. But you are a doctoral candidate in English language literature. Yes. Can you expand upon why you made that choice? Well, I I have always been fascinated with English literature. So I'm specifically working on adaptation of English literature and of Victorian English literature. Previous to this interview, we were talking about how you have been building feminist themes into your work. Yes, uh, feminist themes, queer themes, uh, all things like that, which have real life implications, I think is really important because it's easy to think that literature is sort of existing in a bubble and doesn't really have any real life implications. But that's not true. No, no, of course. Um, It sort of is a mirror held up to human nature and human experience. So anything that humans have experienced is probably going to be found in literature and it shows a lot of different perspectives. That's absolutely fascinating. So how did you accomplish inserting those themes into Murray Mysteries, which is, of course, an older novel, which didn't necessarily contain those themes originally? Well, I think uh, what really helped was that I let myself really stray from the original in terms of characters and characters' identities. So a lot of the characters are gender-bent, and it allowed me to insert both feminist and queer themes. A lot of the the characters that would be that, that are active and yeah, not just play passive roles in the original novel end up being 
they're men originally and they end up being women and so it changes it completely changes the tone and the implications i think miss murray in particular was one yes yes definitely i mean miss murray wasn't gender bent she was already pretty active in the original novel but she was very much kept out of a lot of things because of her gender and instead of that i decided to have a different character be a little bit kept out for different reasons not because of his gender but because of his experience of trauma which i think is a lot more relevant to the modern day i think i hope you wouldn't keep a woman out of something that important just because she's a woman and she's fragile nowadays. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can attest to that. No, you're definitely not fragile. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. If Murray Mysteries were to have a moral or a message that you're trying to get across to the audience, what would it be? Uh, found families are important. <laughs> <laughs> Love a good found family. Yes, yes. I mean, it's not really a text that even originally had much of a moral, but... I would say that it's more about community and finding the people that matter to you. And I know that we're talking a lot about a lot of very deep themes, but one of the attractions of Murray Mysteries is that it's very funny. (laughs) How have you come up with some of the -the off-the-wall humor, like calling the tomato? Uh, Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, I guess it it just comes up, and I think it's a lot. It's very much due to my inspirations and I'm a huge fan of anything made by Amy Sherman Palladino, so things like Gilmore Girls, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it's a type of humor that I really take inspiration from and even more specifically take notes. I mean, I remember going through, I think, my second or third watch of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and I took notes on the humoristic tropes that were used and how they were used, but I don't necessarily refer to those notes when I'm writing. But I definitely think that I've absorbed a lot of that kind of humor and the fast talking and things like that, that just kind of end up mixing together to do that product. And of course, the more the characters develop kind of on their own and the more that the actors bring a lot of themselves into the characters, the more they take on a life of their own and they kind of just speak their lines to me and I don't really have to come up with them. It's fantastic. So you have obviously done your research. How has being a scholar of literary adaptation played into your writing of this podcast? I think it's made me a lot more aware of certain things. Um, Definitely the implications of the themes, the social themes. I've also been able to look a little bit further than just making a faithful adaptation because I think that's that's something that surface level a lot of people think is the most important thing. And being a scholar of adaptation, you find out that really it's probably the least important thing. That doesn't stop me from being really proud when people tell me that my adaptation is really faithful, because I think to a lot of people that's the biggest compliment. So I take it as such. But I am more aware of details of themes and uh, things like that. But I'm also aware that when you're doing an adaptation on a very small budget and with very little time and very little resources, you have to pick and choose what you want to do. So I would have definitely loved to do bigger things, you know, more full scenes where you have lots of different sounds so that the action is more present and more vivid. But this isn't something that I have the resources or even the skills to do. So, yeah, I think you have to not be a perfectionist, because 
as a scholar, you're much more aware of all the things you could do that would be great. But as someone who's practicing, you know your limitations. And I think that is an admirable trait. And you are still managing to tell this amazing story despite all of these restrictions while being aware of them. Thank you. I do my best. So I think that's a good segue into the nuts and bolts of recording. What was the very first recording session of Murray Mysteries like for you? Ooh, um, I think the very first one was with Drew and Meg as uh, Mina and Lucy. And it was very interesting because, so of course, we do almost all of our recording remotely. Um, We're all in different countries and we've had to definitely adjust to that. For this one, I think it was a little bit of a slow adjustment to that because we did have two actors that were in the same room. It did cause some problems with background noise, definitely. You have two people who are just kind of sitting in a room, they were sitting on the floor, and obviously there were some noises of moving and things like that. But it was it was really interesting because they're friends and flatmates in real life, and I think that dynamic really came through. We still get feedback to this day about how real the friendship between Mina and Lucy feels, and I think that's really due to the friendship between Drew and Meg. And so when you moved to the larger portions of the cast, the large group scenes, where everyone was recording at once, how did you handle that? Did you go asynchronous? Did you have everyone together on the same voice call? We had as many people as possible on the same voice call and video call because we thought it was important for people to be able to see each other and play off of each other. And it was definitely difficult when it comes to... There were some technical difficulties for sure, but um, it's also really hard to organize when everyone's in different time zones and things like that but I think it was definitely worth it and we didn't record the voice call we everyone recorded on their own devices and then uploads the takes which also is a little bit difficult sometimes to organize because um, you kind of have to chase down (laughs) every single actor to upload their lines and and uh, yeah sometimes it's tough But, I mean, some actors are remarkably dedicated and organized and make my job a lot easier. Well, good for them. I'm glad (laughs) that they're helping you out. Because it sounds like you do a lot of work, because you take all of those takes and edit them yourselves, don't you? Yes, uh, that was not the plan. We definitely spend a lot of time uh, trying to find someone to do our audio editing when we started. And when it became clear that that wasn't going to happen... I decided to teach myself audio editing, which I'd never done before. So uh, there was definitely a learning curve there. I think the finished product was and still is not necessarily the best it could be. It's not as good as if we had a professional audio editor, but I'm really proud of how much progress I've made and of how much I learned. But yeah, it is a lot of work. I think every episode from start to finish for me would be about 10 hours of work, if not more, depending on how much editing there is. The more people are involved, the more editing there is to do because you have to synchronize every single line. So yeah, it also depends on how much fully there is. And definitely there's something to being both the writer and the editor where you're kind of at war with yourself because as the writer, you want to add everything 
that can be added to make the finished product better. But as an editor, you have to be aware of how much you can do and how long it takes to, you know, find the perfect sound of a door opening or, um, I don't know, a a person screaming. (laughs) That is incredibly impressive. On top of your doctoral program, you're doing all of this work. In addition to being co-CEO of Nove's storytelling company, that is absolutely amazing. And give yourself credit. The episodes, you may think they're not professional quality, but there's a reason I selected you, Miss Tudyk, for my first interview. Well, thank you very much. I am honored. Could you share with us a favorite memory from one of the recording sessions? Oh, there were a lot. I definitely think, well, there are two actors in particular who, when in the same recording session, (laughs) tend to go off rails a little bit. (laughs) And when we're not on um, a streak time constraint, it can be very, very fun. Um, There was uh, specifically a conversation I remember about uh, cows and cowboy hats (laughs) that was extremely funny and uh, is the reason why we now have a microphones on at all times during the recording session policy, because we like to be able to capture moments like that, even if we're not strictly recording the episode. So does that mean we can expect blooper reels in the future? Oh, definitely. We have so many bloopers. Every time that we have to do a blooper reel, we have to pick and choose the best parts, and we're always gutted that some very funny bloopers can't make it into it. So we really want to show everyone everything, because I think the atmosphere of Murray Mysteries and the cast and just how funny everyone in the cast is is something that we want to come across to people, we want people to see, because it's one of the best parts, for us at least. I'm honored to be getting the scoop on that. (laughs) It sounds like your cast has a really good chemistry and relationship. It sounds like they're all very dedicated to telling the stories along with you. They really are. I think some more than others, definitely. You know, for some people, it's a big part of their lives. For some people... It's sort of the opening to a career in podcasting, which I think is amazing, you know, when they all, because they're all incredibly talented, so when they all become amazingly famous, I could say that they started on my podcast. I think everyone's really dedicated and and everyone's participating, and even if I'm the one doing the writing, everyone's participating in the writing in some way because the way that they play their character and think about their character has changed the way I see every single character, I think. What advice would you give someone like myself who's looking to get into creating their own podcasts? I think, hmm, I think don't be too hard on yourself is the biggest advice. Perfectionism can be good sometimes, but if you want to have a finished product ever, um, sometimes you need to accept that it's not going to be perfect. And sometimes the imperfections are what make it you know, especially good. What kind of things as a director, as well as a writer, did you look for in your cast? Originally, when casting, to be honest, I didn't have a lot of choice. So I was really lucky that I ended up with such an amazing cast because these were all people I knew in some capacity. We knew each other from a different project and I decided to go with these people rather than put out a casting call because I knew 
these people had great chemistry and great work ethic, and I knew that I could work with them really well. And then the problem that we had is that we had a lot of AFAB and, and female voices and not a lot of men. <laughs> so um, we did what anyone would do and uh, ask people to bring in their boyfriends. <laughs> so basically all of the men we have on the podcast are someone's boyfriend. That's, that's also an exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> That must make for interesting dynamics in recording sessions. It really does, especially when um, when when people are not playing their significant other's significant other. <laughs> <laughs> Makes for really, really fun recording sessions. But since then, no storytelling company has expanded. I know that there's a, another project in the works that does have a larger and had an open casting call. Yes, there are several projects in the work, and the Western Chorus especially. I mean, when we started with Merry Mysteries, even before we started, we were very aware that our current cast was very limited, that we didn't have that much diversity, and we wanted to do better in the future. We were aware of our limitations, and we hope that people, you know, forgive us for doing what we could, but we want to keep improving, keep doing better. And so we had an open casting call for the Western Chorus, and we're going to keep having open casting calls for other projects now that we're a little bit more established and know what we're doing a little bit more. So it sounds like Nose Storytelling is openly seeking different voices, different stories from different places. Yes, absolutely. Um, if you're hearing this and you think you have a story to tell or you'd like to do some voice acting, please reach out to us. Um, we're always looking for new people, new stories. As I've kind of alluded to, no storytelling company is an actual company. What was it like starting your own company? Um, wild. <laughs> <laughs> Completely crazy. Um, yeah, it's definitely a learning curve too. I mean, to be fair, having it be a company, it's... It doesn't really come in as a reality that often. Um, right now, we're starting to think about doing our first taxes, and that's a little bit scary. But other than that, on a daily basis, it's having it be a registered company doesn't really change that much. We just need to keep records of everything that happens, and we have monthly meetings, things like that. But Really, we have very little people, so that's another thing. If anyone wants to come in and work with us within the company for admin things, we're definitely looking for help because we're all volunteers right now. We're doing what we can to make this company a lasting thing, even if it doesn't grow to immense height. We would love to one day be able to pay our staff and our actors. That would be amazing. But for now, we're all volunteers. We all do this on top of other things in our lives. And we do this because we love it. And it is very fun if you want to have monthly meetings with really funny people. It feels more like a catch-up with friends than a meeting, generally. And it's, it's just an amazing job, even if right now it is a job that doesn't pay. <laughs> it pays in friendship. <laughs> I have to say, that's a company I'd love to be a part of. I'm a little envious of you, Miss Tudyk. Well, we're, uh, you're always welcome to join us if you want to. I might take you up on that. What has been the most surprising thing about this whole experience? Ooh, that's uh, an interesting question. I think for myself, it would be how resourceful I could be. 
it's, you know, having taught myself audio editing and, and even directing, it's something where I have to reach out to different parts of myself because I don't have a lot of authority. So directing is definitely, I think, one of the most difficult parts for me and being a producer as well, because I mean, wrangling people to <laughs> show up to recording and uh, upload their takes, that's a little bit of directing and that's a little bit of producer work. And both of those things can be very difficult. But yeah, I think there's there's been a lot of surprising things. I have to admit, I was hoping from the beginning that we would have a fan base and people interacting with the podcast. And it's still very small at this point, but I am completely thrilled every single time I see someone posting about us, making memes about us, <laughs> anything like that. It really makes me smile every single time. So you heard it, folks. Don't be shy. Go ahead and post about Marie Mysteries. Yes, definitely. Even if it's completely nonsensical, uh, it will make someone happy. <laughs> Are there any final things you'd like to say to our listeners? Don't call the tomato. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it, folks. Don't call the tomato. <laughs> All right. So I think we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I know that you've got some other events scheduled today in your very busy life. So this is Professor Van Helsing signing off with Miss May Tudyk, an incredibly dedicated, creative profession. Thank you very much. It was lovely talking to you.